God is so good, isn't he? He is so good. Matt, thank you for uh, just allowing that time of just reflection. You know, it's so good just to be with the Holy Spirit, not just on Sunday, but have those times of uh, quiet reflection through the week. So we allow for that on Sundays a few times just to be able to, you know, we had, of course, we had the beautiful instruments that we're playing, but just those moments of quiet reflection and being with the Holy Spirit, being um, mindful of the work of Jesus and the love of the Father, uh, those are good times. So I encourage you throughout the week, have those moments regularly. Um, We're talking about the Holy Spirit, who He is all this year, and the reason for that, when you learn who a person is, you want to be with them, right? Well, provided that they're good people, right? They're nice. There you go, Mike, provided that they're nice. Of course, the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and so, Foursquare, uh, the, the, the theme for this year is the, uh, Jesus, who, he's our, the one who transforms us, and of course, he does that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, we've dedicated this whole year to talk about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and um, I've enjoyed this. We could go a whole lot longer than one year on this. And of course, throughout the years, we, know we, we obviously will be talking about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. After all, He should be ingrained in every single part of our life, every single message that is given. So, but we're just giving special attention uh, to that this year. So um, I appreciate uh, just the teaching that has, has come, a teaching that I had found and just that, that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me as we've been uh, talking through this. So we have a little bit more to go. We are on kind of an academic type of few Sundays here. And there, there's a reason for that um, that we've been talking about. Let me just review this quickly. Uh, Jesus transforms us by His Holy Spirit. We're, we're equipped, which is theology. We're empowered, which is the practice and being led by the Spirit. We're taking a little bit of time to understand the theology part of this because it does affect our practice. It does affect how we receive the Holy Spirit, His ministry to us, and also uh, how we deliver that to other people because we understand that the Holy Spirit has empowered us. Uh, We made this statement by uh, David Platt. He said, the greatest hindrance to the advancement of the glory of God in the world today is the attempt of the church of God to do the work of God without the power of the Spirit of God. In other words, we've got this. We can do it on our own. What if it is not just our self-indulgent immorality that's the biggest problem of the church? What if it's not the infighting that happens within some churches? What if it truly is, God, we've got this. We know how to sing the songs, we know how to preach the messages, we know how to, uh, you know, this little light of mine covered under bush, no. No, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is what we've been talking about. So we're being equipped. And I've learned something through several years of ministry about the Holy Spirit. And I've learned that you can't have just equipping without empowering Here's what we said over the last few weeks. Having theology without being spirit-led can lead to legalism. It's by-the-book procedures. At the same time, having all spirit-led workings without theology can lead to emotionalism. And so we must have both when we talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, With that, there can be no boundaries, and so things get a bit out of control at times. We have to have both. I've also learned this talking about the theology of the Holy Spirit, that I want to be led by Him, and I want to give Him free reign. Because as I know Him, I'm able to do that, because I know who He is. 
I've also learned that as I allow him to lead me, I want to know more about him. So you see, one leads to the other. Being equipped leads to being empowered. And being empowered, I want to know more about him. So again, today, here's what we're doing. We're going to learn a little bit more about him. As a matter of fact, see these papers here? Don't worry, these aren't my notes. These are for you guys, okay? So <laughs> can you guys help me with this? Hand some of those out, and I'm going to get my boys in on the action too. Guys, do you mind handing these out to the wonderful people who are here ready to receive today? There are so many scriptures in what we're going to talk about today. I do not have time to cover them all in the next half hour. So I want to encourage you in this. When this is being passed out to you, that you take this home with you this week. And as you are having your private time with the Lord, you're studying about who the Holy Spirit is, that um, you take this out. You look up these scriptures because as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we understand a couple of things. We can have differing interpretations of what scriptures say even or or what scriptures should or should not apply uh, to how we are led by the Holy Spirit, how we, what we learn about the Holy Spirit. But again, there's so much scripture today. Isn't it good, by the way, to have a lot of scripture when you're we're, we're having a Bible study today, okay? Really, it's a Holy Spirit study, but there's a lot of Bible here. So I want to encourage you, uh, again, just to take these with you throughout this week and look over it. Plus, as you follow along, you can see when I'm getting to the end of my sermon today. So you don't have to count, when is this guy ending? It's right there in front of you, so you'll know. So the next couple of weeks, I'll probably have this for at least the next couple of weeks, something that you can take home with you, stuff it in your Bible, and uh, but don't stuff it to keep it there, stuff it to take out and, and read. So... Let's keep going talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Isn't he wonderful? The Holy Spirit, who he is. You know, waking up even this morning just with, uh, I think there's an old song, a song in my heart of praise to my God, uh, reflecting on his goodness, thinking about you all, praying about you this, praying for you this morning about some of the things that you've been going through. You know, I woke up thinking about Miss Jimmy, who's back in the hospital again, and just different things that have been going on within our church. And, and Holy Spirit, would you give your peace and your comfort today? We are going to know who the Holy Spirit is. Hopefully we, we do, right? But by the end of this year, we're going to know more of who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, again, the reason for that is so that we can be vessels that are used by Him. The Holy Spirit, He is not scary. He is wonderful. So let's look at this today. The person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to get to your notes just yet. I'll be there in just a moment. But I want to clarify some things because as we read through the Scriptures, you'll see the word Spirit a lot. Now, depending on the translation and the version of the Bible that you have, sometimes when it's talking about the Holy Spirit, the S will be capitalized. As a matter of fact, in most instances, it will be capitalized. But you'll read about Spirit a lot in the Bible. Sometimes it's talking about the Spirit of God. Sometimes it's talking about the Spirit of man or, or, or evil spirits even. You know, we'll, we'll see different things like that. So there's several uses of the word Spirit in Scripture. Sometimes it's a natural use, such as wind. Uh, it's an, an, an angelic or an evil spirit use. You'll see that a couple of times. Uh, you may read where it's talking about human life, the spirit of man or the breath of life that came uh, in, in those instances. Sometimes spirit, you may read, that talks about a human attitude. Like, that person has such a wonderful spirit. Like my mom. Let me, let me talk about my mom. She has such a sweet... I hear a lot of people saying this. She has such a sweet spirit 
about her. Now, that's reflective of the Holy Spirit who is within her, right? But it's her nature to a sense. It's, it's who she is. So you may hear that as well. So it could be an attitude. Uh, love, discernment. Uh, Joshua, as we read in the book of Exodus, the Bible says that Joshua had a different spirit about him, which is he, he submitted himself to God. He believed God. When the other spies said, nope, we can't go possess the land that God has given us, he had a different spirit. And he said, nope, we're going to go take it. God has uh, given us this ability. We can do it. Now, because of the, the, the unbelief of the other people, it took 40 years for them to get there. But I want to be that person who has a different spirit about me in the sense of I'm guided and I'm led by the person and the power of the Holy Spirit so that when the course of the people who, you know, maybe at your job or uh, maybe even in your family at times is tending to lean toward the negative or tending to lead toward disbelief, that we have a different spirit saying, but God, my God is able. So there's the human spirit that's there. And of course, there's the divine use that we want to talk about. God is spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's his attribute. God is spirit uh, may not necessarily be the same as the person of the Holy Spirit. God is spirit. In other words, the Father uh, does not have this flesh that, that I have. We know Jesus came and he took on flesh. So uh, you'll see those things as you read through the Bible. Well, let's talk about who the Holy Spirit is this morning. The more I learn about people, the more you learn about people, you may either like them or maybe not like them. Not that they're a bad person necessarily. You know, there are people that you just tend to butt heads with. That, and what's the reason? I know I hear the elbows. Chad, that's your wife. Oh, oh, okay. Those two, okay. There's people that you butt heads with, maybe even in the church because of different personality types. You know what I've also found out? That people with similar personalities, they can butt heads too because often we, for example, we may see ourselves in our children and we don't like what, they, what we see in our children because it's just like us and we don't want you. And fighting can happen because of that. So uh, as we begin to learn about different people, as we begin to learn about the spirit of other people, it brings out some things. Now, hopefully... The more we learn about people, the more we like them. That's, that's the goal. That's, that's what, what makes Kevin tick? What makes Doug? What makes the Folsom family? What makes people tick? Same with the Holy Spirit. Who is he? Well, let's look at who he's not. Again, before you get to your notes real quick. We've cleared up some things this year. The Holy Spirit is not a force. You know, I, I love Star Wars. May the force be with you. So if, if you're in Star Wars, if you're into Star Wars and you love to watch all the movies, uh, you can tend to think of the Holy Spirit as that type of thing. May the force be with you. He is in you. He's part of the um, metachlorines. Is that what it is in Star Wars? Anyway, he's just kind of, it flows through your blood and you, he's, it's just, it can get messed up. If you go to sci-fi a whole lot, it can get messed up. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not magical. He's not impersonal. He's not just some kind of power that's out there. What happens when you and I see the Holy Spirit as a force is, now you may have heard this before, we begin to refer to the Holy Spirit as it. It just came upon me. It, it was working. 
No, the Holy Spirit is a he. I had a conversation with someone who's walked with the Lord for many years. And this was at the beginning of this year as we kind of have covered some of this stuff. And this person began to say, you know, I have walked with the Lord. Uh, I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I have my heavenly language. I pray in tongues. All these different things this person was saying. But it took me, it, it took me till this year to realize, to fully understand what you were saying when you said he is a person, not just a force, not just an experience that we have where he came all over me or where it came all over me I should say the Holy Spirit is a person Luke 4 14 you can just write this down if you're taking notes it talks about how Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region so what we see here, let me take that first phrase, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. If we reduce the Spirit to just a power or a force, that scripture would read like this. Then Jesus returned in the power of the power. It's talking about a thing. No, he returned in the power of the Spirit. It was a person who empowered him to minister. You know, Jesus needed the person of the Holy Spirit at work in him when he was doing his earthly ministry. And he showed us, hey, you guys, you need to do this as well. You need the Holy Spirit. Not an it, not a magical power, not a force. However, he will empower you. He will enable you to do the things of God. So the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not a feeling in the sense of uh, just, again, the Holy Spirit just came all over me and this, this whole feeling type of thing. Now, however, he does comfort. That, that's kind of a feeling that happens, Right. So he does comfort, but only a person can give you comfort. Let me go back to my mom again today. I remember growing up as a kid a long time ago. You know, if I was sick and not feeling well, what do we do? We run to mom. Why do we run to mom? Because she's going to hold us. She's going to love us. Uh, she's going to make sure we're wrapped up with the blanket, and she's going to give us chicken noodle soup. Amen. <laughs> it's that comfort that's there. Lisa's giving us chicken noodle soup today for the seniors group, or I don't know what kind of soups you have. But it's going to be comforting type of things uh, that we have. So he's not just a feeling, but he does comfort. Forces and feelings don't talk. But the Holy Spirit does. We'll see that here in just a moment. So let's go to your notes. Let's look at who he is. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, what do people do? People talk. You'll see your scripture there. Again, we're not going to take time to turn to all these. We're going to turn to a few scriptures at the end. But I want you just to kind of follow along with me because there's a ton of scripture today. Uh, but Acts 13.2, we see where the Holy Spirit talks. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, he talked. He said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. People talk. The Holy Spirit talk. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force. He is a person. People have intelligence. Most of them, right? We, let's, just, let's, just say, let's just go with the fact that people have intelligence here, okay? What I mean by that is the Holy Spirit teaches and he reminds us. There's some intelligence that goes on when, when you're able to teach you have to have some intelligence. Who are my teachers in the room? Preschool through however long. Yeah, we've got those here. Uh, even here at Abundant Life, there's some teachers. You have to know a little bit about what you're talking about, right? If you're going to instruct other people, the Holy Spirit instructs. By the way, moms and dads, all your hands should have gone up there too because you teach and instruct your children as well. Just throw that out there real quick. People have intelligence. John 14, 26 says this. 
But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Have you had those moments where you're just having a not-so-good day and then you're reminded of who the Holy Spirit is? I think of what Sarah was just saying about how she was walking through Walmart this week. And, you know, who, what, maybe, maybe there were some believers as well, Sarah, just, just to your point. Maybe there were some believers who were walking through Walmart who needed that reminder at that moment. Because the lady that was in front of them with the slow cart, who was taking up the whole aisle, was getting on their nerves. And they needed this reminder of who the Holy Spirit, or who Jesus is in those moments, who the Father is in those moments as well. The Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance those things that I have told you. Stuck in traffic, and God is saying, remember, patience, David. Or insert your name. People also have a will, right? You, have your, you can choose what you want to do. What, where are we going for lunch today? Well, I'm going to have soup at Abundant Life. Where, what are the decisions that you are making? What does the future look like? How are we going to raise our children? What are we going to allow them to do? What are we going to allow them to not to do? Now that I'm nearing uh, retirement, what does the rest of my life look like? How am I going to serve the Lord? We have a will. Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all the gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. What is the gift that the Holy Spirit, that you have? Well, the Holy Spirit gave you that gift. He chose, okay, this person's going to get that. It, it was a choice that he made. I must be satisfied, by the way, side note, time out. I must be satisfied in the gifts that God has given me. I would love to sing like Doug. He's just got that uh, soulful, mellowy, Aretha Franklin? No. Is it Aretha Franklin? Respect, yeah. I would love to be, but I have to be satisfied in my gifts. You must be satisfied in the gifts that God has given you because he chose. He says, when Nathan, this is the gift that I'm going to give him. This is how he's going to reach people. The white family, here's the gifts that they're going to have. He is good. He has a will. People have a will. People have emotions. The Holy Spirit is a person. You know the Holy Spirit, what's that? He all The emotions? Yes. <laughs> I mean, not I'm agreeing, no. He did, though. He gave us all emotions. Yeah. Dig my way out of that one. Ephesians 4.30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Now, that could preach right there, but we're not talking about us necessarily. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. But I want to take another time out there. You know, the way that we, can, the, the way that we live can bring sorrow to God. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit here, but the Holy Spirit is God. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, three separate persons, but one. Uh, we'll figure all that out when we get to heaven, but we understand that he is one God, three persons. We can bring grief to God by the way we live. Now, I don't want this to turn into some type of um, legalistic, ritualistic type of this is how I have to live. But no, I want to be led by the Spirit according to the Word of God so that I do not grieve Him with the way I talk, the way I talk to people, 
whether that be telling the truth or not telling the truth. You know, there's no such thing as a little white lie, those type of things. I don't want to bring grief to the Holy Spirit because he has emotions. And as Ephesians 4.30 says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me just through that scripture right there? We covered the first part of that, but you need to hear this today. God has identified you as his own. We must not think less of ourselves. What the world may tell us. What family may tell us. You won't amount to anything. You won't do this. You won't do... No, you are identified as a child of God. The Holy Spirit has marked you specifically for the day of salvation, but you are identified as his own. You know what? When I understand whose kid I am, and I want to live to please him. I want to please my mom. Growing up, I, mom will tell you, I was kind of a please, my, and still, my personality, can the negative side, obviously we know that, but I want to please people. I do. Most of all, I want to please God, right? But I want to please people. So growing up, I would want to please my mom, which is why I was such a tremendous kid. You guys hear it about every Sunday how wonderful I was. No, just kidding. Let's get off of that real quick. But in all seriousness, I wanted to please my mom. How much more should I desire to please God by the way that I live? I don't want to bring disappointment to earthly people. Much more, I don't want to bring disappointment to God. Now, do I? Yes, I do. Have I grieved the Holy Spirit? Sure, I have. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be bad behavior. There can be times where the Lord is telling me, David, you need to encourage Jen today. You need to encourage Matt today, Melissa. They need a word of encouragement. I'm thinking, Lord, I, don't, I just don't think it's the time for that. In those moments, I have not been obedient to the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that just a little bit more in a moment. And it, and it, and it brings some sorrow. That leads us to point number two. The Holy Spirit has affections and feelings. Just like you and I do. So does that make him a person? Sure. He's possessing all of these person type of attributes about him. He talks. He has intelligence. He has a will. He has emotions. Well, let's look at his affections and feelings. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. Do turn with me to Acts chapter 5. I want us to look at this story quickly. This story that we're about to read... It struck fear into me as a kid <laughs> about lying. I don't think my mom used it to say, don't lie or you'll die. Um, but this, seriously, you, as we read this, you'll see what I'm talking about. It struck fear into me as a kid. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. Acts chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 3 and 4 here. Now, this is the story where, let me just give a little bit of background here. Uh, the way the church was growing at this time, the way the church was operating at this time, people, let's say Abundant Life, we agreed to put into the church treasury money so that if someone in the church needed help, we could distribute that. Now, we do that here at Abundant Life. If there's a benevolence that's needed, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But they brought their money together uh, so that they could help meet the needs of people. Well, there came a point where this couple came up to the disciples, to the apostles, and they said, um, you know what, we've sold this piece of land, and we want to give all of it to the church. 
Well, they ended up lying. They said, yes, this is, we, we sold this land for uh, $100,000 and um, we want to give this to every bit of it to the church. Well, the reality is they had sold that land, let's say, for $200,000. But they went before the church and lied. Now, was it their choice to do with that money whatever they wanted to do? Sure it was. We're going to see that they lied about it. That's where, that's where they got in trouble, because they lied. Not because of they didn't give all their money to the church. It's not what God is asking in this particular situation. But let's see how he can be lied to. So there's your background. Then Peter said to Ananias, now this is the, the, the husband and wife couple, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away, whether you wanted to or not. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So we see there, I don't want to so much focus on our responsibility as far as this particular story goes, but we can lie to the Holy Spirit. You can lie to God. Now, how many of you know the reality is God knows? God knows. He knows our hearts. He knows the intents. He knows the thoughts. He knows. But still, the Holy Spirit can be lied to. He can be grieved as well. Now, this sounds like a person, doesn't it? Somebody you can lie to, somebody that you can grieve. Uh, Isaiah 63.10 says, But they rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit. Now, that's from the Old Testament. I thought the Holy Spirit wasn't around until the New Testament. No, he was there from the beginning, right? So, anyway, Isaiah 63.10, But they rebelled against him and they grieved his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can also be quenched. Now, there's a great New King James, King James word for you, quenched. Um, the New Living Translation says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. So quench, stifle, to, to resist, to kind of suppress in those moments. Let me ask you a question. This is where I want a little bit of feedback. And the way you understand this, how do you stifle, how do you quench the Holy Spirit? Don't say what you're feeling led to say. Ignore it. I've been there and there. How else do we quench the Holy Spirit? How do we stifle Him? How about the work that He's wanting to do in us? How about the response He's wanting from us? All these things can be summed up in one word. Disobedience. Not being obedient to what the person of the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in us and through us. The Holy Spirit can also be resisted. We can resist Him. Acts 7.51 says, You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and death to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? So we can resist Him. I find often the ways I have resisted the Holy Spirit is when He's wanting to um, help me grow and mature and develop spiritually. I don't want to go to that level yet, Lord. I kind of like being right here because I also know that your word says when we receive some information, when we receive some knowledge of the scripture, then we're responsible for it. I want to be responsible for that right now. I'm happy with where I am. I'm going to resist the work that, that you're doing. We can resist the work of the Holy Spirit, even as churches. Churches can resist the work of the Holy Spirit, what He's wanting to do. Um, I don't know if this relates or not, but it ju I just thought of it. It just came to my mind, so I want to say this publicly. Thank you so much.
for receiving Pastor Luis and uh, his wife Sonia and Iglesia Philadelphia. They're having their first service in three hours here. God is doing a work in the Hispanic community, and I am so thankful that that's going to be happening on this property. Two hours? Three hours, it's 10 o'clock, yeah. It's not second service yet. That's all right. That's all good. By the way, quick note, um, Thursday night they were here practicing and getting some of the sound ready, and uh, Jake was here and uh, helping with that, and Nathan and I were here uh, getting some things ready, and so we got to play with them and some of the music they were doing. They're doing sing, sing, sing today, but it's not sing, sing, sing. I, I, I forgot what the, whole, what the Spanish word is there. Tom, sing. Canta, yeah, so, you know, singing that song. By the way, if you want to hang out, you can. You can enjoy the service today that's going to be happening. But thank you. I have not heard one negative comment about the work that they are doing here. God, thank you. Thank you. I believe that is a work of God for this community. God is good. Lord, have your will, have your way. All of these characteristics that we've talked about show that he is a person. Well, the Holy Spirit, number three, also has a personal ministry. I'm looking at a bunch of ministers out here in the congregation. A whole bunch of ministers. People who are called of God, who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have a personal ministry. No matter your stage of life, the youngest person in here is uh, Eli, right? Eli, you're the youngest person in here. He has a ministry. I'm not going to say who the oldest person in here is this morning. Kevin? Who said Kevin? Butch. <laughs> By the way, speaking of, it's so good to have, I always like to bring honor to this couple, the way I have served our district, most of all the way they have served the Lord, but you're here today. Thank you for being here. So good to see you. Wherever it is that you are, no matter what position, quote, you have in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord for that. We have a personal ministry. Well, so does the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads us. I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do you remember? Let's go back to the Spanish church here for a moment. Uh, we had the, the lady that came with her three children several months ago, sat right where Eric is sitting right now, and she did not speak the English language. She came for three Sundays and probably didn't know a word that I was saying, and I just remembered, Lord, how can I minister to this lady? And of course, then they found a, a Spanish church, but my heart was broken. I said, Lord, will you lead us? Lead abundant. What can we do? Lead us, Lord. Well, then the district calls and set up all this stuff. Now, who orchestrated that, do you think? The Holy Spirit did. He led us. I believe he led the lady that was across the street. By the way, they don't live there anymore. I believe the Holy Spirit led to begin to put it into our hearts so that we could receive the ministry that he was wanting to do. Holy Spirit, lead us. You know, here's what I found about the Holy Spirit too. He has to set me up a little bit in advance because I can be a little bit stubborn Great timing. Here, I got a mint here for you, Mr. Stowe. 
I can be a little bit stubborn. You know what you can too? We can all be a little bit stubborn at times. And the Holy Spirit has to give me, I believe, advance notice. Now, here's where I want to be. And here's what I am working on. And here's where I think I have grown as well. That when the Holy Spirit speaks at that moment, I say yes. Because what we teach our children, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Lord, whenever you speak, let me, let me move at that moment. I don't need to try to figure it out. If you're leading, you're going to help me. I'm not saying throw wisdom out the window. I'm not saying throw counsel out the window. No, but Lord, may we respond to you in those moments. But he leads us. All who led, this is Romans, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You're a child of God. Allow him to lead you. He witnesses to us, Romans 8, 16, for his spirit joins with ours to, con to affirm that we are God's children. So he reminds us from time to time, I need to be reminded that I'm God's child, time to time. You do as well. So he witnesses to us. He helps us. I'm thankful for this one. I love Romans 8. Verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Lord, that's a lot of help. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Man, I have been praying for some folks for a while now. I think, again, let's go back to Miss Jimmy. Just her help. Man, it, it just, whew. Lord, we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed. When Nathan, uh, part of our congregation, when he uh, died unexpectedly, just the tragic accident that he was in, I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do. Um, the direction of the church. God, where are you leading us? By the way, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be taking my annual, let's see what God wants to talk to us about next year, planning retreat. I'll probably leave Sunday after church and come back on Wednesday. Um, but God, I need you. I have, it's a big responsibility. I don't even know how to pray. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through me. How is that? Because I say, Holy Spirit, I'm submitted to you. What is the heart of God and what is the will of God? Because my words can't express that. With groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit prays for us even in those moments. There's going to be times when you don't know how to pray and the Holy Spirit will help you. And he's saying, allow me to pray through you. Now that can be on several different levels. One, you're just quiet and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray. I believe most important is uh, the gift that the Holy Spirit gives. You know, there's so many gifts that are listed. Often we want to take out the one about tongues or, or heavenly language, but that's real. That is, that, is, that is just as real of a gift as any of the other gifts that are listed. Allow him to pray in those moments. Holy Spirit, help me. Let's get the Holy Spirit's deity. What does that mean? He is God, okay? We've already said He's God, but let's show how He is God. Let me give you scripture. Well, first of all, He is equated with God. To lie to the Holy Spirit that we just read about in Acts 5. To lie to the Holy Spirit is to lie to God. We saw how that happened. Uh, how could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. The Bible does that say you were lying to the Holy Spirit. It says you were lying to God. He is God. 
Um, the temple of God is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're looking at the fact that He is deity. He is God. What do I mean by the temple of God is the temple of the Spirit? Well, 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us this. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? See, they're together there. Right? So we know that He is deity. If anybody ever questions the fact that Jesus or the Holy Spirit is deity, there are people out there who don't believe that Jesus is deity. There are people who also don't believe that the Holy Spirit is deity. That's why I'm giving us all of this today. Okay? That's why I want us to understand all of this. By the way, where two or three are gathered, at this very moment, the Holy Spirit is present, teaching us. I happen to be the mouthpiece and the voice that's delivering a message today. But here's what I understand because I also sit in the seat where you sit and listen to people talk, preach, uh, proclaim the gospel, uh, conferences different in my office, listening to podcasts or whatever. There are often times where the speaker will say something and the Holy Spirit opens it up even deeper than what the preacher was able to do. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. Allow Him to speak to you. Allow Him to show you more of who God is. He is God. So not only um, is He equated with God, we can lie to Him just like we're lying to who is God. Uh, The temple of God is also the temple of the Spirit. Well, He's also identified with God. You'll see this as you read through Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Let me read it to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, the Trinity is listed right there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Of course, you're going to teach um, these disciples, and I am with you even to the end of the age it talks about there. We also understand out of 2 Corinthians 13 and 14, may the grace of the God, I'm sorry, may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. We also see that He is linked with God. It's right there on your paper. Now, what do I mean by that? You'll see references in the New Testament that quotes references in the Old Testament, okay? So there's a little bit of linking that's happening there, but also how the Holy Spirit himself is linked with God. Uh, So read these um, scriptures that you have this week. See how Acts is linked to Isaiah. See how Hebrews is linked to Jeremiah. Um, By the way, the Acts portion and the Isaiah portion, it's when the Holy Spirit says the Holy Spirit was right when he said to the ancestors through You'll you'll see that that quote there. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to the people. And he's quoting what God had said at that moment. Um... And then also Hebrews, it starts to talk about how the Holy Spirit testifies what God is saying. And there's a quote from from God that is there. So the Holy Spirit is linked with God. This is one of the aspects. Number four, he possesses the attributes of God. Now here's where we're going to turn to a few scriptures. We're going to close this out. Psalm 139.7 is where we're going to go first. We're going to learn just three quick, uh, big, cool words that we can all say. Everybody say omnipresent with me. Omnipresent. Very good. Now, sometimes don't we wish we could be omnipresent? What does that even mean? Omnipresent means you can be everywhere at the same time. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? But we can't be. But the Holy Spirit is. I love Psalm 139.7. I can never escape from your spirit. 
It's up on the screen. I can never get away from your presence. Now, that could be a scary thing or a good thing. I want to be at the place where that's a good thing. I can never escape from your presence. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. No matter where you are, he is there. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is also omniscient. Everybody say that. Omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. Now, children, your parents are all-knowing. It seems that way anyhow. We're not. But, but man, it sure seems that way at times. The old phrase, I, I'm telling you, I seriously thought my mom had eyes in the back of her head. You hear that phrase, your mom has eyes in the back of her head. Yeah, she, I believe that. Anyway, the Holy Spirit truly is all-knowing. 1 Corinthians 2.10, it'll be up on the screen as well. But it was to us that God revealed these things, who? By His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So He is all-knowing. Sounds like God to me. Now, there are some know-it-alls. Typically, human know-it-alls are the ones you don't want to be around. Now, there are some that I do want to be around. When we went to Seattle um, for a convention, we uh, had a free afternoon, so we went to the flight museum, whatever it was, the Boeing Flight Museum. They had World War I planes, World War II planes, Vietnam, all these things. Well, there was a Vietnam vet there, and uh, he had so much knowledge about these planes that were in there. I wish we could have been with him the whole day, because he started telling these stories, and, and, I, and you know, there's other people that's kind of gathering around, and I was, no, he's, he's ours. He's going to walk us through. Uh, he couldn't do that. Anyway, we looped back around. We came to him, and he started telling more stories. See, I could have spent all day with him. So there's some know-it-alls we like to be around. Now, for you and I, when we talk about a know-it-all, sometimes they can be a little bit grating, depending on what it is. However, the Holy Spirit is a know-it-all, but He's revealing who God is. And He's saying, look, Clint Melody, this is who God is. I want to be around that. He's saying, look, Kevin and Lisa, this is who God is. Megan and Tim, this is what God wants to do through your family. He's omnipotent. Everybody say that. Omnipotent, which means he has unlimited power. I had unlimited power once. When I was a little kid, I put on my red Superman cape, and I thought I had unlimited power. But you know, the Holy Spirit truly has unlimited power. Luke 1.35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now the Holy Spirit enabled a virgin birth for Mary. That is not humanly possible. But the Holy Spirit is all power. He has unlimited power. He can work outside of what we call normal. He can work. He has unlimited power. Finally, he is eternal. Nine, Hebrews 9.14. Just let me read that. Just as you think, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. That's a great scripture. 
if I want to live right before him because I understand he is a person, would you think how much more the blood of Christ can purify my consciences from my sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God? You know what that tells me about the Holy Spirit right there? That, uh, well, we know that I'm getting ready to get to the eternal part, but let me preach on this just for a moment. The Holy Spirit can not only take care of my sinful deeds, but he goes to the root of that, which is my sinful thoughts. There's a war that rages in our mind. There's a war that rages even within our heart. And here's what the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want the Holy Spirit to take care of it at the thought process. But you know, sometimes it does filter down into my heart, and I want the Holy Spirit to take care of that before it comes out of my mouth. Because I can spew death. I can spew discouragement. But the Holy Spirit is eternal. The rest of that verse says, For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So that battle inside of your head, that battle inside of your heart is one. We must submit and be available to allow the Holy Spirit do His work and don't stifle Him. You know what, Holy Spirit, I know you're telling me not to tell that person off, but at this moment, I need to tell that person off. And then I've just quenched His Spirit. You were enabled to be an overcomer by the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell Lisa what I think right now. Lisa, God bless you. But you know what? It's got to be in my heart, too. It's got to be. In my, it can't just be, Lisa, God bless you. Because then, no, eh, well, it's got to be. When I tell my boys as they were younger, you know, apologize to your brother. I'm sorry, Gabe. I'm sorry, Nathan. No, you didn't mean it. Holy Spirit, will you help me to mean it? We must understand who he is. By understanding him, we understand the power of God that is available to us to fulfill the Great Commission. We're going to keep going next week. Is that all right? This is good. This is good. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. And just in an attitude and maybe even a stance of just submission to the Lord, what do I mean by that? Just maybe turn your palms up this morning and just, or lift your hands before the Lord. Holy Spirit, we want to know you more and more and more. There's been moments where we have grieved you, where we have stifled you, Maybe it's by not understanding that you truly are God and that you truly are a person. But you want to help us. You want to help us love God more. You want to help us understand the forgiveness of Jesus. Help us to understand that. Maybe you're here today and the Holy Spirit has been talking to you about the fact that you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You haven't done that. And um, not, that's not a con condemnation type of thing. It's just not something that you've done yet in your life. And um, the Holy Spirit is talking to you about giving your life over to Jesus so that you can be saved, so that you can know more about God. See, here's what I firmly believe. There is never a good time to wait to make Jesus your Lord and say, well, I just got to get this straightened out first. You know what? Can I promise you something? You won't get it straightened out without the help of the Holy Spirit. So if you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior today and you want help in this life to honor God, can I pray with you? And I need to know who I'm praying with. I'm just going to ask that you would, everybody's got your hand raised, but extend your hand way up and say, hey, I need you to pray with me today to receive Jesus. Is there anybody in here today who want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You just sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you now. 
Anybody at all? Lord, I thank you that in this room today, we are people who have called upon the name of Jesus and that we are saved. Holy Spirit, show us more the love of the Father, the goodness of, of Jesus who came, who identified with us, who died for our sins. Holy Spirit, we love you. We're grateful for your ministry and we receive you. Maybe today as well as we're closing out the service, Matt and Jen's going to close us out here in just a moment. And you think, you know what? I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Everything that you've been talking about today, I struggle in those areas and I recognize the difference is I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in my life to overflow. They're going to be available to pray for you this morning. So I just encourage you as they pray and dismiss, people are walking out that you would walk to the front and allow them to pray with you. Any other need that you may have, you can pray with them as well. Maybe you need healing in your body. Uh, agreement in a specific area, you need wisdom, they'll pray with you. Amen. Amen. Matt and Jen, will you dismiss us this morning? God bless you. We love you.